This episode of Priority One Podcast is brought to you by our Patreon supporter, Mizugai. We thank him and all our other patrons for their monthly support. Command codes verified. Priority One message from Starfleet coming in on secure channel. Greetings, Admirals. You're listening to episode 246 of Priority One Podcast, the premier Star Trek online podcast recorded live on Thursday, October 29th, 2015, and available for download or streaming on Monday, November 2nd at PriorityOnePodcast.com. I'm Mark. And I'm Kenna. And in the recording studio is our audio engineer, Winters. Hello, everybody. Kenna, what's coming up in this week's episode? In this week's episode, we are interviewing lead designer Al Captain Gecko Rivera about the launch of Season 11. In Star Trek Online news, we're talking first impressions of the new season, including the new featured episode, and looking at some of the new goodies you can earn. We're also bringing you the first in our series of interviews looking at how you, the Stowe community, are using the Armada system. And as always, before we wrap things up, we'll open hailing frequencies for your incoming messages. Speaking of hailing frequencies, it's great to receive all your messages, so chat with us during our live streams on Thursday nights at PriorityOnePodcast.com forward slash live or answer our community questions. You can comment on our website PriorityOnePodcast.com, join the discussion on our Facebook page at Facebook.com forward slash PriorityOne or follow us on Twitter at STOPriorityOne. Admirals, we are getting close to our 250th episode and we've got some great things planned for you. Be sure to keep your eye on our social media channels for the latest news. It's going to be a big one and we hope you can join us. Thanks again to all our Patreon supporters, old and new, that make this show possible from week to week. Because of your support, the servers stay on, the power keeps flowing, and the team keeps producing. Help us improve the show by considering a financial contribution via our Patreon page at patreon.com forward slash priority one. And don't forget, we still want to hear from you, our listeners, about how you're using the Armada system. If you'd like to come on the show and talk to us about it, just shoot us an email at incoming at priorityonepodcast.com. And now, let's chat to Star Trek Online Fleet Armada. So, Admirals, in today's Community Spotlight, we're introducing the first in a series of interviews exploring how you, the community, are using the Armada system, now that it's been out for a few months. We're joined by Grey Fox from Star Trek Online Fleet Armada, or STOFA, a level 675 fed side armada. Grey Fox, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. So, Grey Fox, why don't we start with the founding fleet? Why don't you give us an introduction to how the fleet got started and then what you guys got up to before the Armada system? All right. So, Stofa was around before the uh, the Armada system. It was actually just an alliance of fleets, as most people had before. It was it stood for Star Trek Online Fleet Alliance. And then when the devs introduced the Armada was coming, we quickly changed our name, <laughs> the A meaning. And we had a few fleets in there already. 
So the fleets that were already in there, we had already started talking before it was ever introduced, how we were going to set up and who was going to be Alpha maybe and who was going to be Beta. But there was nothing set in stone. And, um, you know, some of the fleets, obviously, that we were that were with Stofa originally broke off and, and became Alphas themselves. And some of the... Uh, some of the old ones still stayed behind. But it was really the original fleets, really, right now, that were still in there, Liberty Task Force and the Vulcan Colonel fleet. And then we just started talking to, to other fleets. Um, we, wanted to, we wanted to build a community of, of active fleets, of active players. And we just started messaging. Uh, you know, we sent out members just to contact leaders of other fleets, see if they were interested. And, of course, this is all before it was ever introduced, you know, just... The first day, it was just, you know, mentioned. We started going at it through emails and stuff. And um, and I have to give a, a good shout out to a friend of mine, Shell, who's um, she's been a pivotal role in this. She's a big SDO uh, Star Trek fan and has several uh, characters and several fleets. And she was actually a big connection of getting all the leaders to kind of talk together and. Um, she was actually part of the Massive, which is um, a level 56, now it's fully done. A uh, very large fleet, KDF side as well, and um, you know they were interested in joining us Fed side. And then of course we got in contact with, or Pride, got, Pride of the Federation got in contact with us, and then it was these, we had basically four large fleets <clears throat> that we were we were all, you know, discussing, and this is, of course, like hundreds of emails, and we're talking about like hours of TeamSpeak meetings <laughs> um, of how it would be set up. Who was going to be alpha where? Who wanted to be betas? Did anybody care about being betas? And, um, you know, we we were pretty, Liberty was kind of admin a little bit about being alpha on the Fed side, I think because um, we're pretty, pretty, pretty active in the game. We have an active website. Uh, massive, very active on the KDF side. They wanted to be alpha there, and so you know concessions were made, and you know we went um, we went beta under massive for KDF, and and they decided to come beta for us, and and after that, I mean, we just started recruiting, um, you know, talking to other fleets, and and really we just started uh, getting more and more fleets to be interested in, in joining us. So, can you talk a little bit more about the structure and how did you? decide uh, who was going to be Alpha, Beta, Gamma, and why the different fleets decided to be in whichever tier they ended up with? So the structure was, um, of course, everybody, the way the, you know, the way it was designed, Alpha just has a certain connotation to it. And, and at first glance, the, everybody wants to be Alpha if they're the large fleet. Um, luckily, though, I mean... When before the Armada system was introduced, um, Liberty and the Stofa fleets had a charter set up, and you know the charter had sort of protections against uh, roster poaching and st- stuff like that before the Armada system was ever introduced. And so we wanted to make clear that, and you know, we um, all the fleets had a say in, in the, the charter and what to do. And when the Armada system was introduced, we wanted to let them know that you know, listen, you're not going to be Beta isn't. Um, you know, we're not controlling you. We're, you know, everyone's going to have a vote, and who, get, you know, everyone's going to have a vote in what fleets come into the armada. Meaning, even though you're beta, um, and you get to pick the gammas, you you agree that you know you're going to talk to all the other gammas or and all the other betas and the alpha, and we're all going to agree that this fleet is, you know, we have something in common, and <clears throat> that um, you know, we're all in agreement to to join, and so 
once we got that out there, you know, these, I mean, these, we're talking about fleets that are full tier level. So, I mean, at least these four. And so it was basically some of them, some of them didn't even care. They were like, we just want to be betas, you know, we want a community. And uh, so that worked out for us. And, you know, um, with Massive, they just wanted the KDF because they're, they're big on KDFs. And so we gave them the, the alpha there. They're very active and very strong, resourceful there. Um, and so it was just decided that, you know, we're going we're gonna to go alpha on the uh, Fed side. Massive will go alpha on the KDF side. And there were contingencies in place that if we do get more gammas, and because um, depending on what tier there were, you know the the bonuses to the um, to the XP. Well, you know that's for an individual. People really wanted that, and so we we agreed that the alphas would have a rank in the fleet that would just be for Stofa, meaning um, members from other fleets of the Armada could join in uh, the alpha for like a week or two, or whatever it might be, and get their XP bonuses. And we still have that in place. And and some of the members from other fleets do come into the alphas every now and then and, and you know they do the xp stuff and then they just they go back to their fleet okay that's a nice segue to the next question can you give us a quick rundown on the benefits that you get from being a member of stofa so yeah i mean um well when we started uh, the armada it was just four fleets now it's you know uh, we're over 13 fleets um because what we tried to do also was we tried to recruit fleets that had a KDF side. That was one of our, our big things, is what we didn't want to do. We wanted to create an armada that was both Fed side and KDF, meaning that leaders, it was the same leader, basically, uh, the Fed side and KDF side. It's, we tried to do that as much as possible, even though it didn't work out the way that way. So basically what we wanted to do was to really shorten the number of, of leaders that would we would have to contact, or else it would just become too large for its own good. And so for the most part, I mean, the Stofa is really made up of Liberty Task Force, Vulcan Colonel Fleet, the Massive, Pride of the Federation, Task Force Midnight, Starfleet Alpha Command, Explorers of the Final Frontier, Explorers Fury, Expeditionary Tactical Feet, Fleet, uh, the Britannian Empire, House Omega Rangers, Echelon Division, Echelon Legacy, and Lotus Fleet. And some of them, most of them, uh, have a KDF side um, fleet to it. And, well, the benefits that um, we do that the members have for the most part is when we started the Armada, a lot of the fleets had team speaks. We all had different team speaks and we, we were talking about, all right, let's, let's try to get this all into one team speak. And that's exactly what we did. We, even though the fleets do keep their own team speaks for the most part, Liberty has its own, but it's, you know, we keep it empty now, but it's just a backup. But we've all agreed that we were going to go into the massive team speak and that um, we've managed to get a lot of the Armada uh, members into that team speak. Um, we use, of course, one cross-faction channel. That's just for for all the all the fleets in the Armada, KDF and Fed. All the betas and alpha, uh, all the betas and gamma members have access to the alpha XP if they want it on the uh, Fed side and and KDF side. Of course, uh, as far as fleet ships and stuff like that, there's you know members are free to leave the fleet, join the whatever fi- level 56 fleet it is, get their stuff, and then go back to their fleet. Uh, or or a map invite. Let's see. Um, and of course, with our bonuses, I mean, the the gammas are are receiving a pretty nice bonus on the Fed side. The lithium bonus right now for the gammas are 19%, and the XP is four four and three quarters for the gammas. And 
the office is just reverse. So yeah, I mean, those are just, I mean, some of the benefits that the members have. We just created a, you know, we wanted to create a community. And for for website, we had some fleets also have their own website, but we decided that the fleets that didn't have their website would use Liberties. And of course, um, each fleet is represented on our website through its own tag. Same thing as they are in uh, the TeamSpeak. And so what we did really was we tried to find the most active, I guess, website in the in the Armada, and we created that the home base for those fleets that didn't have a website. And we tried to find the most active TeamSpeak of all the fleets, and we used that as a home base for, for the fleets that don't have a TeamSpeak. And what is it that you think that makes Stofa unique? Well, I think, for the first thing, I think... Um, I believe we are the highest armada. I'm not entirely sure, but uh, I haven't seen or read anything that's higher than seven six or six seventy five on the Fed side. Um, so, to me, that's some uniqueness because we managed to bring in some of the highest and oldest fleets in the game. Uh, I mean, you're talking Vulcan Colonel fleet and Lotus. I mean, we're talking establishment of you know 2010 um, for Lotus, 2012 for um, Pride of the Federation. Uh, Vulcan Culinary Fleet, I think, was also 2012. These are old fleets, and we managed to to get these high-level fleets, and we're all kind of working together, you know. And and even though one is alpha, it, we don't look at it that way. It's just, you know, everyone's pretty much equal. You know, on the Fed side, I can tell you that the lowest-tier fleet is level 40, and um, I can also tell you to do that was not easy to kind of convince people, you know. We've actually convinced some fleets that were actually alphas themselves to come into with us and they're now gammas and pretty much of you know working together and, and agreeing on stuff they're actually getting better benefits um, as gammas than they were as alphas the other thing is that we um, with all the fleets we have a little bit for everyone we have a couple fleets that are very uh, PVP oriented so we have um, we have that for our members. In fact, we're going to be doing a, an Armada PvP with just four of the fleets in the Armada. But we're all kind of putting some EC in there and, you know, winner-takes-all kind of thing. Uh, five-man, just um, five-man teams. And it's just for fun. And that'll be doing, we'll be doing that on November 14th. And after that, I think we want to, some of the fleets want to do a, a PvP, a friendly PvP with Armadas out there. So if anyone's interested, let us know. Um, we also have an RP fleet, which is Lotus Fleet. Um, even though most of... You know, a lot of our members don't RP, but it's it's there. Lotus does RP, and for our members that do like to, you know, the immersion and stuff, we, they have that um, option for them as well. Um, so, I mean, we have a little bit of everything. As far as uh, PVE, I, the, this, the channel is always, someone's always on um, with stuff. It's kind of like our little our little saying, you know, stuff will never still alone. And we've, we've checked. There's always somebody in the channel. Somebody's always on in TeamSpeak for the most part, so it's you're never gaming alone. Finally, how can players get in touch with you or if they want to find out more? Yeah, well, they can get in touch through the uh, through our website, um, libertytaskforce.com, and if anyone has any questions, they can also get in contact uh, through our email, info at libertytaskforce.com, and we also have a... Uh, Twitter account, which is at LTF Great Fox. I kind of just run the uh, Twitter there. So yeah, they they can again. We're looking for uh, we'll be looking for a PvP match for uh, <laughs> if any Armada is interested soon. Just a friendly PvP. We like to do uh, events as much as possible. 
Well, thank you very much, Grey Fox, for joining us on Priority One today, and we hope to see you soon around the galaxy. Thank you for having me. Now let's find out what happened this week in Star Trek Online. Computer status report. Status. Incoming message. I'm only in the mood for good news today. Well, in case you missed it, a little thing launched this week. I don't know if the rest of you heard of it. Season 11. So what do we think about what our initial first impressions? Smooth. This is like one word. Smooth. No, but seriously, I was actually very impressed. And I know last week we kind of joked around about the fact that, you know, for for a new season launch, you kind of park yourself somewhere and expect it to take a few hours to patch and then a few hours to actually get in. You expect a few server disconnects and um, you expect it to stabilize in a couple of days. But I have to say I was very impressed with this launch because I was patched and in um, into a, you know, half empty instance in 10 minutes. And I was extremely impressed. I didn't get dropped from any missions. And generally speaking, it was bug free. I know that there are some bugs and a few of them got patched. But for the for my experience, that was the smoothest uh, day one that I've seen since I've been playing. Having said that, uh, one of our listeners on Twitter mentioned to us uh, the fact that actually Mac users can't log in at all at the minute. And this is a known bug. They're talking about it on the forums. Um, they know that Mac users can't log in and they don't know why yet. So that's a that's something in progress. Um, but it must be very frustrating to uh, people that use the Mac. Now I'd have to say it was a really smooth launch and login, I think, for me. This time making sure I pre-patched it in trouble really helped and just parking myself somewhere and I got into content straight away and like you said no server disconnects and really enjoying it you know sort of a new sort of at least for me a new sort of release of life and a new sort of energy about the game what's your favorite part so far it's I don't want to do really big spoilers it's one part of counterpoint one part of counterpoint has really got my interest and it's just a little throwaway line from Admiral Lita oh yeah the Emperor will crush you. I want to know who the Emperor is. See, I didn't notice that. Yeah, neither did and I. And now I'm going to have to go back and play it again to kind mm. of catch that. I hope it's wrong. I hope that's like someone they've managed to sneak in under the radar for voice acting. That would just be hilarious. They could bring back Michael Dorn up for playing... Because uh, he was the Emperor, wasn't he? Mm, was he not KCA rather than Terran Empire? Oh, that's right. That's right, yeah. Sorry, Terran Empire. Yeah, okay, disregard. The rest of you, what's been your like favourite part so far? Oh, besides the um, space jellyfish? Yeah, besides the space jellyfish. Okay, because did you know that there are space jellyfish? There are, and ah. I, I have one called Marshmallow. You've caught him, you've named him I now. have named him Marshmallow. <laughs> For those of you who have no idea what we're talking about, that would be a new vanity pet in the Lobby store. 30 Lobby, and you get yourself a... I'm not even sure what it's called. I can't remember the name of it, but it's basically a space jellyfish. They come in several different colors, and they're just cute as, so go pick one up today. And love it dearly <laughs> as we do. Yeah. What about you, Winters? Yeah, pretty much the same as you guys. I was pre-patched and everything. I had absolutely no problems connecting. Um, I, I sat down and I went through everything like within the first four hours. I went through all of the content, and... I'm really enjoying the Admiralty system. Um, I'm still trying to get ships sorted out on all of my characters because I've got so many of the ships and so many characters, but really enjoying that at the minute. And were there any downsides? 
I can't think of any, no. Nothing comes to mind. I do know a lot of people haven't been getting the correct rewards for the battle zone. It seems like some people are maybe getting one mark or something. I know when I jumped in, and it was pretty late on, it was I think when you put out in fleet chat you were in to help out with one of the last bases. By the time I got there, and I was good there for a good 10 minutes. I only got like one XP. Well, I think they are scaled based on your participation, and they've made a little patch that's the Thursday patch that should rebalance some of those rewards. Um, there was a post in the forums uh, by Charles Gray, one of the developers, who explained that some of the rewards were unbalanced because they misestimated uh, the different levels of participation that different groups of people would do. Uh, so they've rebalanced a little bit of that, but I haven't actually gone back in to see whether that's been fixed. Yeah, I'll need to check that out as well. With the launch of Season 11, we had about a metric ton of new story content. So we had the revamped Cardassian story arc, new PvE queues, new space battle zone with its own little story, and of course, a new featured episode. Now last week, all we had was a teaser for Sunrise, but now that we've actually had a chance to play it, we can talk about it a little more. So, as always, brace for impact. Spoilers incoming! Sunrise starts off with us going to DS9 to pick up a scientist who is concerned about the rapid degeneration of the star at the center of a previously unexplored system near Ferenginar. We travel there quickly to find a majestic blue star which is suddenly going out for no reason. The moon of one of the system's gas giants is inhabited by the Lucari, all 8 billion of them, and they'll be wiped out if the star goes supernova. We do our best to help the Lucari science team, but to no avail. It seems hope is lost for them until a mysterious stranger arrives. He calls himself Caldano. He's from the future, and he has with him the Tox Utat, an object that is capable of doing what we could not, fix the star. But apparently the Tox Utat is something of a desirable commodity, and while we do our best to protect Caldano, the Tholians inexplicably arrive, trap him, and steal the artifact. Thankfully, not before the star is saved. With the star stabilized, we part company with Administrator Kumark, Tenora Zuval returns home, and Caldano warps off to try and find the Tholians. But I doubt it's the last we'll see any of them. The end. So this was not what I would call an action-packed episode, but there was some real meat in there, and I think it's setting us up well for the rest of the arc, which is going to take the next year or so. Now, I had fun researching the canon for this, and I thought it would be really fun to share some of the background to this episode because it'll really set up speculation going forward. So, for those of you unfamiliar, we first saw the Toxutat in the TNG episode Captain's Holiday, where Captain Picard takes a vacation on Ryza and ends up getting caught in a kind of archaeological escapade. This is also the episode where he first meets Vash. Anyway, in that episode, we learn that the Tox Utat was a quantum phase inhibitor invented in the future by a time-traveling scientist called Cal Dano, who went back to the 22nd century and hid the device on Ryza to prevent it falling into the wrong hands. Fast forward to the 24th century when Vash and Captain Picard find it, and the adventure ends with Captain Picard destroying the device. So there's one question. How is the story of New Dawn going to fit into that timeline? Now, in Sunrise as well, Caldano tells us that the Tholians are likely to have used a Trilithium warhead to destabilize the star, and there are a few references to Trilithium warheads in Star Trek. First, that's exactly what Dr. Tolian Sorin used 
to try and collapse a star in order to divert the trajectory of the Nexus, and that was in the film Star Trek Generations. There's also a trilithium weapon in the DS9 episode By Inferno's Light, where the changeling Julian Bashir attempts to cause the Bajoran sun to supernova and destroy the combined fleets of the Federation, the Klingons, and the Romulans. Interesting. And then, of course, we have Cal Dano's direct reference to the Temporal Cold War, practically admitting he's from the UFP in the 31st century. And we can't get away from the Temporal Cold War without remembering the speculation that the Teutarians we met last season could actually be the Sphere Builders. Did you get all that? Now, I'm not an expert on the Temporal Cold War, but there's also something about the Tholians back in the 22nd century attempting to steal a timeship from the 31st century. Sound familiar? And not forgetting that the Tox Utah was originally hidden on Ryza also sometime in the 22nd century. So there's a lot of connections here, so many more connections between all of these things that I haven't even touched on, and there's so much potential. But coming off the back of the storytelling we saw in the Iconian War, I am personally really excited to see where this new story is going to go. As always, the featured episode runs for three weeks, each with its own special rewards. And if you collect all three, you'll get some pretty nifty set bonuses. We'll leave a link in the show notes to the rewards blog if you want more information. (laughs) There's so much information about what's going on in the background of all this episode that I just can't even fit it in here. I tried to pick out some of the important bits, but are you guys familiar with any of this stuff? Yeah. Yeah, I will be as well, I'd say. The thing is, if you start going into something like Memory Alpha you can totally go down a rabbit hole with this because one thing links to another thing to another thing to another thing and there are so many different ways this story could go. But the thing I find really interesting is that there's a framework. So we know that in Captain's Holiday, the device gets destroyed. And there's some temporal shenanigans going on between the 31st century and the 22nd century and the Tholians and that's about it. So it's got to fit in there, but we don't know how it's going to happen yet. So that brings us to this week's community question. What's your best wild speculation about what will happen in the rest of this season's story arc? That's a really good question. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I hope to get some really good answers in there. Yeah. (laughs) Well, with so much to cover this week, we are foregoing our normal ship stat update and giving the hardline clear-cut basics. With three new lockbox ships in the game, the Herald Qantas Flight Deck Cruiser, Baltim Heavy Raider and Vomp Dreadnought Carrier. We'll give a little bit on each. The Flight Deck Cruiser comes across as a solid engineering base ship, balanced with tactical and science powers with the option of command abilities, it obviously comes with a hangar too. The cruiser comes equipped with an energy gateway controller universal console. With the console is equipped, you can activate it and open a gateway that will rapidly replenish the shields of nearby allies for a short time. The raider, as the name suggests, is more of tactical based. Bit more engineering than science on the console out, with full universal seat options as well as a pilot option as well. The Baltimore Heavy Raider comes equipped with the Ambush Gateway Generator Universal Console. Activating this will create a gateway around your starship. After charging, you will be teleported approximately 3km behind your target. This advantage also provides you with a boosted damage and critical hit chance for a short time. The Dreadnought gives us our intel options. Surprisingly, console layout is balanced between science and tactical, engineering less so. The Dreadnought carrier comes equipped with the Oblivion Gateway module. 
When activated, it will create an oblivion gateway near your target that will periodically radiate devastating solar radiation that will cause damage to nearby enemies. Traits, set bonuses, as well as full ship stats will be in the blog, which of course will be in our show notes. So patch notes this week were actually rather large. So we had two patch notes, well, two patches. One was on Tuesday, the 27th of October, and one was on Thursday, October 29th. So the 27th was the big season 11 patch, and a lot of it we've already covered, but I'll just whip through some interesting bits. So the obvious bits that we've already covered in previous episodes of Priority One, they added in Sunrise as a featured episode, added the Admiralty system in, added the Cardassian revamp, new PvE queues and the Terran reputation, updated the level scaling for Delta Quadrant and Iconian War episodes, and there's now a dilithium cost reduction for Tier 1 to Tier 5 starships. There's a couple of other goodies that were in there. Kit modules can now be changed in space, which is a nice little quality of life improvement. They've added passive bonuses to all Tier 6 ship consoles that didn't previously have them. So there's a full list there if you want to go through and check if one of yours is affected by this change. And of course, my personal favorite, they've made Siamese cat eyes bluer, which is nice. Now, there were some controversial changes in there as well. Mine Trap and the Breach PvE queues were both retired. And now that's come with not really any notice that just kind of happened and there are a few people who are a little upset about the fact that it wasn't announced prior to when it was released um but in addition to that there's a whole bunch of power rebalancing going on some damage going down some up some cooldowns reduced again there's lots of different lines in this you should go and check out the detail for yourself and see if it affects you So there was a smaller patch as well on the 29th that was really just an update from when uh, the season launched. They've rebalanced some of the rewards for new content and they've stopped some of the Herald kit modules uh, from being used in social zones. Um, I hadn't actually seen anyone using it, but I've seen some screenshots of people lighting off solar gateways in ESD and that looked a bit disruptive. So um, anyway, these patch notes were obviously huge and we couldn't put anywhere near all of them in this podcast, but we'll of course link to them in the show notes for this episode at priorityonepodcast.com forward slash PO246. Finally, before moving on, after weeks of voting, beating other ships in a 1v1 elimination process, we have our winner of the Starship Design Contest. Our winner is... I only have one photograph in my hands. It's time to leave the Big Brother house. Shanty, you stay. The final rose goes to... Congratulations, Team Omega! Yay! And I've now invoked the wrath of the live chat. Probably. Over the next month, the design will be made into reality, keep an eye out for more updates as it moves forward, and we will of course cover them here. Again this week, in an effort to bring you some of the news and comments from PWE and Cryptic that aren't officially announced in the blogs, here's the latest comments pulled from the Twitterverse. And not one from Twitter, but over at Reddit, Jeremy Randall, aka Borticus Cryptic, posted, I'll see about pestering someone to build a better in-game mail client. I'm looking forward to this one and I hope it happens because that little blinking green light that never goes away even when you've checked all your mail and also because I sell a lot on the exchange manually deleting every single notification from the exchange oh my god go Bordicus Thomas Moroni at cryptic underscore TTC tweeted now that the voting is over I have to say I'm glad that hashtag team Omega won the fed carrier design selection 
FYI, the apparent DOF assignment issues that arrived with Season 11's launch will be investigated. There was no intentional change. Apparently Bordicus has been very busy on Twitter because it's another one. Another quick FYI, we're aware of an issue with KDF ship discounts. Ganalda is working correctly, so go there to make your purchases. And honestly, we are not stalking Bordicus, but we're continuing with his tweets. Sean Gallagher at Spectre. 211286 asked, Do Admiralty assignments change with locations like DOFs do? To which he replied, No, they stay static across maps and are unique per player. It's possible that server downtime resets them though. And lastly, before we wrap up Star Trek Online news, here are some upcoming events to look forward to. The new featured episode Sunrise runs for three weeks, now through the 19th of November. There's also a Dilithium weekend starting on the 5th of November, and we've also got a bonus XP weekend and an R&D weekend coming up later in the month. As always, these events are subject to change without notice. Be sure to keep an eye on the in-game calendar or keep tuning in to Priority One Podcast for the latest updates. That wraps up Star Trek Online news for this week. Now let's chat to Al Rivera, lead designer for Star Trek Online. Security clearance level 3 or above is required to access files. This is Captain Benjamin Sisko. Authorization Sisko Alpha 1 Alpha. Logs accessed. So joining us today to talk about Season 11 and a few other things is Al Rivera, a.k.a. Captain Gecko, lead designer for Star Trek Online. Al, welcome back to the show. Hello, Party One. Thanks for having me back. Good, good to be here. Oh, great to have you. So just to get started on a bit of the story, can you give us an introduction to the storyline for this season? The first episode is Sunrise, but can you give us a feel for the rest of where the story arc will go? Where the rest of the story will go? Well, with Season 11, um, I'll do my best without giving away too many spoilers. With the release of Season 11, there's a, we're releasing one, one featured episode, and then... Uh, like we've been doing before, and we, we already have the, the second episode is already completed, so that will be released in three to four weeks or something like that. Uh, I'm not sure the exact date. Now, it'll continue basically the, uh, the next part of that of that story. This story arc will then continue through the anniversary and, uh, episode, and the next the next one after that I think comes out, uh, you know, whatever February or March after that, and uh, all the way through and uh, through all of um, 2016. So. It's one big arc. It's a new arc that we're starting. Um, we're we're uh, it's it's we're going big. I mean, next year, of course, is the 50th anniversary of uh, of Star Trek. So we're you know we've been planning this for a while. You know, uh, a lot of the seeds we planted back in um, the previous arc. So as as we know in in this in this story, you discover a new planet that uh, no one had 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 known of before, and we get in, and you you come across a uh, a time traveler. Who is someone, and who is someone from from TNG that you've met before, that uh, that we that we know of before from TNG. So I'll, so we'll go ahead and uh, we'll, uh, since it's already since it's already been live, by the time this will go down, everybody will have the chance to play it. And if you haven't played it, then you should pause now, and go play it, and then come back and listen to this. So the story introduces, um, like I said, a new planet that uh, it is a planet that we that we invented, but we kind of we, we made a. We, we connected it to a particular event of, uh, of TNG. On this uh, on this planet, the the ambassador of this planet is voiced by Kipley Brown. If uh, I tweeted some pictures of, of her in recording studios a, a few weeks ago, Kipley Brown, a close friends of Chase Masterson. Uh, Kipley Brown is also was also uh, a guest star on Enterprise. She she played uh, um, she played an engineer. I can't remember her character's name, but she played an engineer from uh, 
that was that was killed, where Trip was kind of when he was kind of when he when Trip's sister had died, so she he couldn't he couldn't write the letter to to, to her parents because you know she, he had lost someone under her under his command. Kipley won't be playing that character; he's playing a brand new character. Um, but we were happy to have her. And so uh, the time travel that shows up is uh, is Caldano. And if anyone remembers Caldano, we never actually met Caldano, but Caldano is the uh, is the is the inventor of the Toxu Tot from Captain's Holiday. Um, does everyone remember remember the Toxu Tot from Captain's Holiday? Yeah. No. Yep. Right. But carry on. <laughs> no. <laughs> so Captain's Holiday from yeah. TNG, where Captain Picard goes. Yeah, to and he Risa, meets up with Vash. 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 Yeah, and and she has the Toxu Tot, who her friend was studying, and it was created by a scientist from the uh, from the twenty seventh century. Uh, if I'm not mistaken, and and then these two Wargons were looking for it, right? But of course, there was a Fringy who actually was played by by Max Grunichek, but he wasn't actually playing. Max actually playing wrong. It was after that, and then Captain Picard, you know, seemingly destroyed it before the Wargons could get it. And so, in this episode, the introduction to this, where you get to actually meet um, Caldano, he's there to save this world, and the Tholians show up, and they want the Toxu Tot for themselves. And uh, they take it and they steal it. And it's gone. So, so that's that's where that's that's where this this episode ends. That they've stolen Toxu Tot. You've been able to save this planet, um, and you've made new allies. But now you need to need to go after the Toxu Tot, stolen by the Thulians, which will be in the next episode that will come up in uh, in several weeks. Excellent. So this is going to carry on through sort of the 50th anniversary this this part this story arc is mm-hmm. is quite is going to be quite a big yeah. one then i'm imagining yes it is this is just is just the beginning yeah. excellent um so christine thompson who is your lead writer last uh, i forget when exactly when she left kestrel is there anyone now who's sort of taking her helm taking the helm of the new story content or is it um more of a team effort like we sort of saw towards the end of um the iconian war Christine was, you know, obviously very invaluable and uh, very important part of the team. But let me be clear: I mean, she she was she's the lead writer. The the stories are, are largely written by by myself yeah. and the other leads. So we're the ones. So 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 I've been continuing to be the, the story writer. I've been I've been the main story writer since Legacy of Romulus, and as well as you know, I'm not going to take full credit because I'm obviously working with the the, produ- the executive producer. And and the lead artist and the uh, the content lead, as well as with with, uh, with Christine and all the content designers, we all work we all work on it together. So right now we're 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 mix we're we're missing a lead designer. We've hired a new lead designer, but he is he's new and so he's got a lot he's got a lot to catch up on. He uh, he's he's worked on um, as a as a writer on uh, DC uh, uh, DCUO, and uh, so he he's recently joined the team, but he's got a little ways to go to catch up on things. One of the important roles of a lead of a lead writer is not necessarily writing the the stories themselves, but to bring to life the character, the individual characters, and to ensure that the characters um, that there's 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 a through line. You'll 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 know. Oh, this is a good time to bring this character back. Or this is this is what this character's backstory is. And this is what's important about mm-hmm. this character. When we write the stories and do the story outlines, we don't worry too much about individual yeah. characters. We we, we obviously create a bad guy and you create and they'll maybe you know we'll create our you know like maybe we'll create a Tobon Kev type character and and things like you know important major characters but fleshing them all out giving them backstories and say oh this is a good time to bring them back that's really more the job of the lead writer 
the individual con the missions themselves are created by the individual content mm -hmm. designers, and then the dialogue itself then is mostly written by the lead okay. designer. Mm -hmm. So all of our content designers are competent uh, right. writers. Um, so I mean, you've seen a lot of them with their yeah. blogs that have been on on uh, on on the on the website, and so they've been you know they have been many times before and have continued now to just basically pick up that role of just writing their own dialogue for, for the game. But what the, what the lead writer will do is make sure that there's a cohesive element. So to say like, hey, you know what? You know, Admiral Lita wouldn't talk like that. Admiral Lita talks like this. You know, she's not, she's not maniacal. She's more of a vixen. Or no, she's more like this. And, and, so, and so making sure that that's cohesive across episodes, um, managing that. So for now, that's been uh, taken up by uh, by largely myself and the uh, and the and the lead content designer. Um, but the individual writing itself has been done by the writers, and as we as the new lead writer goes up to speed. And how much of the story arc is actually planned out already now? I started working on the story arc is is fleshed out all the way through until about September next year. Okay. Well, actually, to be true, uh, the story, the, the main bones of the story yeah. are planned out for about the next three years. Wow. Jeez. So, so I, yeah, so I already know what the next expansions will be, what the next seasons will be, what the stories will be for that, what will be um, all, all the way up and, and how that will, how, how that will play out for about, yeah, for about three, two to three years. The, the actual episodes themselves, like this episode, episode one, episode yeah. two, episode three is planned out until about. Uh, about September of next year, okay. um, and I, we usually plan those about about a year ahead of time. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I spent the I spent a large part of the last few months planning those out. So, just going back to something you said and sort of continuing the same theme, is there a new big bad? Absolutely, there's probably more than one, but uh, yeah, there there is a there is a big bad, and it's. Uh, um, I don't want to say too much about it. I probably won't. Don't, I guess uh, I probably won't see any 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 more about it at this point. <laughs> <Aww>. <laughs> but there, but uh, there always is a big bad, right? Yeah. But uh, hopefully this will be uh, this will be a little different, and we're going to, uh, as always, you know, it'll be really tied into existing Star Trek lore, right? Every everything we do, you know, one of the things that I try to do. Uh, I don't necessarily consider myself a writer at all. I, I'm not a great wordsmith, but I'm a big Star Trek fan, and I, I try to make sure that the stories we tell are really well integrated into um, into what what is the existing canon and lore. Because I think that our players really want to feel like they're part of Star Trek. Um, I don't know if the stories that that we create would make great TV or make great movies because they're not always entirely original. A lot of what we do is prequels and sequels and and side quills. If that's is a, that you know, a word? To get, to get my <laughs> yeah. meaning, to get my meaning, right? You know, something that is that is somewhat related to that. Yeah. So that way, people can feel like they were a part of that. So we're always trying to integrate it into that. Hence, that's what we're doing with Sunshine. We're kind of we're kind of picking up a thread about who Calvano was um, and his and his role uh, in the upcoming story arc. We also like to plan to make sure that everything that we do just leads to the next thing and leads to the next thing. So all even you know, all of the all of the Romulan arc led to dealt led to this to the to the Dyson Sphere, which led us to, to to the Undine War, which led us to the to 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 the Delta Quadrant, which led us to the Vaudoir, which led us to the Iconians, right? And stuff in in 
whether it's obvious or not, stuff that we did in the last in the, in the last stories led us to this moment here, as well as the the mirror universe story is almost a parallel story of what happened to them in their Iconian War, mm -hmm. and hence why they're invading us. Yeah. So we, and everything that we're doing now will lead into the stories going forward, all the way up for the next three years. It's all it's it's all kind of integrated together, and so that's 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 been my, that's that's my process is trying to get. Trying to get them together, we so so they so they just one step to a time. At the same time, always pulling from existing Star Trek references and finding the right actors that we can get that will fit in there that uh, for a piece of story that's personal to them and how how their role yeah. is a part of that story. Well, I'm glad you mentioned the actors actually because I think it's been very noticeable over sort of the last year that Star Trek Online is building up a really great relationship with cast of the Trek shows and bringing them back in to reprise their character. I know that Aaron Eisenberg was so warmly received by the community, as well as Chase Masterson has been, even though we haven't seen that much of her yet. And there are probably a few barriers in the way, but is there anyone new that we can expect to see coming up that we don't already know about? Yes, um, I've got three signs all ready to go um, that, are, that will be coming up, in, uh, and not, not all at once and not necessarily soon, but... Um, that, but we have three three new Trek actors that are that are ready to go, and there's a couple more that I'm trying to to line up. Uh, I'm not going to say at all who they yeah. are. Um, of course not. <laughs> it's way too early for that. Would you tell us what series they were in? <laughs> it's, uh, no, I'm not going to tell you what series they're in. Um, I think that that's, uh, you know, as 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 the story unfolds, it will become more and more obvious about what's what's okay. uh, what series it's from. Okay. Or maybe not. I don't know. Maybe we'll throw you for a loop. We'll see. Can you tell us the color of their uniforms? <laughs> Was there gray involved? <laughs> uh, yeah, no, no spoilers. Yeah. We'll, 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 uh, it'll, it'll be fun. Um, as far as Chase Masterson, I hope that everybody got a chance to watch the Twitch live stream with Chase. Yes. Um, if you didn't, you can go to our Twitch channel and you can watch it still recorded there. So she was uh, absolutely wonderful mm -hmm. to work with, and just a really, you know, really, really warm and just generally just just gracious and and, and uh, uh, you know generous person. Uh, obviously, she's talked about. I and I always like to support her, her uh, her hero co coalition, which is basically the you know it's a it's her anti bullying campaign that she supports, which is uh, uh, which she is uh, basically the founder of. So we're, uh, I always like to support her whenever possible. Well, you'll be seeing more of Chase come uh, soon as far as uh, more interviews and more video footage of her that will be coming, that will be released uh, fairly shortly. So keep an eye out for that. Oh, excellent. Yeah, cool. This is a good time to sort of shift tracks a little bit. With the announcement this year at Star Trek Las Vegas of a new dawn, and we were headed back out in the space, speculation quickly ran into getting a revamped or new exploration system. Eventually it's like that there were no immediate plans, but there were some whiteboard discussions. Is there anything you can tell us on how that process is going? Well, I think season 11 is meant to kind of give you the tone that this is a this is a time where the Iconian War is over and all the, you know, the, their, their, the factions are rebuilding and Starfleet wants to get back to its roots. So the very first thing they do is like, let's just see what's out there. Let's do something different. And then you come across this blue star, right, which is the... The logo you'll see for if you haven't seen already for for season eleven, right? this this blue star that's dying, and that's basically the the start you know your starting point of going of, uh, 
of something new. As uh, as far as a revamp exploration type system content, um, we have a full design for it, and it actually uh, was originally planned to be tied into the Admiralty system. Uh, Admiralty system is actually what's kind of like the first step actually to exploration. Right. But uh, but that might change now that going forward because we kind of mix things up a little bit. But that was the, an original plan. But we so we have a plan for uh, an exploration type system slash content. But I don't have any any dates for you about when when that might happen. I have a I personally have a in, uh, in, internally we have a pretty good understanding about when that when that's going to happen. But it's too it's too early to commit to say that this will happen at this point um, things priorities and things change very quickly based on any number of factors and so we always have a plan about this is we're going to release this story here with this content and this system and this ship and then all of a sudden something changes and we move things around mm. right so um, that's just been the nature of it's part of it is part of it is scheduling part of it is business that's good to hear that it's it's still sort of it's still on the table still being yeah. worked on and and it sounds uh, like it's important to you it is probably the next big system that will come out okay, right. okay well um that's that's more or less what we've got for uh talking about season 11 and we'd like to to just change gears again and talk uh do some quick fire questions that are not necessarily related to one another, but they're things that we've been wanting to get a hold of you and ask if that's okay. <laughs> okay, I'll do my best. Okay, so let's see, where to start? So first of all, when's the DS9 map revamp going to be released? I don't know. I know we had hoped to get it out with season 11, but it was just, it was just too much work that we couldn't get done in time. Um, it is, uh, it's a little bit outside of my my scope it's really an art and production mm. scheduling thing i know that taco fang started working on it a little bit and uh, then parties moved around and he wasn't able to pick that up so there is a, a good amount of content uh for season 11 that happens on on uh, space time well i guess to be fair there's you know there's the new queue the ground mm. queue mm. that happens there and and uh, you know, playing that through a lot, I think it holds up pretty well. So uh, it's not something that about DS9 that we're not particularly unhappy with, but there's always more detail and more and more more that we can add to it. So and a little bit more, uh, a little bit even more accurate. But I think it's pretty solid. It holds up, and I'm still proud of, of the way these space time looks. But I can't tell you. I, I really don't know when that might happen. So um, I know that there will be content in the future that will that will want mm -hmm. it. And so I kind of have a I have an idea about when it will have to happen by, yeah. but not when it will happen. So okay. So a slight jump again, um, a little bit about the lithium. With such a high demand for it in the game, with things like R&D, crafting, upgrading space and ground equipment, reputation gear, fleet gear, the lithium store, fleet projects, upgrades, and all the things that go with them, um, would it be possible to increase the reward payout when donating the lithium to a fleet? Currently it's a 1 to 1 ratio. Could it be brought up to a 1 to 3, a 1 to 5? Basically, making the dilithium be more valuable within your fleet. Be more valuable to pay out to get more fleet credits. Yeah, yeah. I hadn't considered that, but um, I, I suppose we can. We've been we've certainly been putting in more things like if you've noticed, you know, dilithium uh, here and there, the dilithium vouchers that you can use on on the fleets mm. to, uh, uh, on fleets, and and we'll probably do more of that in the future. You know, you, are you familiar with what I'm referring to? Yeah. That was in the Delta event. It's a Delta event, the... right? And we're probably going to do it again, so that way you you can earn a lithium. It's kind of like the lithium food stamps, 
Right? You can't spend it on anything else, but you could spend it on the fleet, uh, and you can get a fair amount of it. So that way, we can. Uh, it's a little bit easier to donate lithium to a fleet. And and to be honest, the um, you know the, uh, the 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 Armada system was was one of the uh, the plans of the Armada system, the hopes of the Armada system that would actually take some of the pressure off as well, the lithium discounts for lower for lower tier fleets as well as you know large fleets that have lots of lots of resources, whether you want to say resources and lithium resources and cash to be able to help lower tier fleets and take the edge off of that. So before we made any major changes to to any of the economies of fleets, I think we have to wait to see how armadas shake out more. Um, and to be honest with you, I haven't looked at a lot of data recently to see how things have changed. But um, if you want to just, uh, as far as a, a greater ratio for fleet credits, um, I hadn't considered that, but I certainly, I certainly can can bring that up and and see if that makes sense. Cool. Just to kind of uh, stay on that topic as well, with regards to dilithium, all the dilithium sinks that there are, and uh, the different things that dilithium can be used for. Have you ever considered, or is it possible, maybe to increase the daily refinement limit, since there are so many more dilithium sinks in game now compared to say a year ago? Yeah. Um... It's a scary one to do because you can't take mm-hmm. it back. I've I've wanted to just just make it an even ten thousand, mm-hmm. and I think that would that is probably a safe thing to do, or or at least make ways that you can earn that increase. Yeah. Um. So, I don't think you're going to see it turn into twenty thousand or anything like that. No. It is a uh, it's a you know it's 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 there as a governor to to make sure that things don't ever. You ever break because there are people who earn a lot more per day and a lot more outside of the range of what we we're we're okay with as far as keeping the economy mm-hmm. on track. I think those kind of systems are the only thing that keeps dilithium on uh, as a balanced economy as opposed to the way energy credits has inflation of energy credits, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So there, it's it's uh, it's one of those things that I think was a really great design and it's really and it's really kind of kept things in check. And so it's a little scary to cut loose a little bit. But um, I, I personally am a fan of, of cutting, of loosening it up to maybe ten thousand. But I, I, I'm, that's not a commitment. I'm just, uh, I think it'd probably be okay. But uh, there's, 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 there's always some concerns. Okay, and going back, um, we talked a little bit uh, when we were talking about the exploration system and 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 how it potentially is something that's on the table for the future soon TM. I think that the the idea of a skill tree revamp has sort of been on the cards for a while now. When is that going to come to pass? Um, the, the idea of season 12 has kind of been bandied around a little bit, but I just wanted to check on where we are with that. I know that Zeronius as well has been and, um, asking questions lately of the community. So yeah, uh, she's been, you know, she's put a little Google spreadsheet out for, I don't know if she still has it, has it active where people can put in their, their skill points. And it was just some, some, uh, uh, it's, it's just a really in very informal survey. Um, but, uh, it, it's, it's, it's not, you know, not to be coy about it at all. I mean, it's, it's because we are ac- actively working on a design for a, uh, for a skill we found. So, uh, I'll go so far as saying, uh, very much aggressively looking at you know, planning a design for the skill yep. now, but still just in the design phase, and because um, it's been a um, it's a challenge 
because there are lots of things I want to do and would do to change the skill revamp, you know, to revamp the skill system. Yeah. But every time that we we say, hey, this would be really cool, this would be so much fun, this would be much more interesting, these choices would be so much more interesting, we always end up back with, oh, but then players won't be able to do what they're doing now. And there's always going to be somebody who's going to say, oh, I can't do this the way I want to, so you nerf the skill system, right? And we don't want to do another Star we don't we don't want to do a Star Wars Galaxy, right? And just mm -hmm. completely change the systems, and everybody gets ticked off because this is the way they like it. So, doing changing something as integral as the skills um, is uh, is is delicate. Yes. So we're very we're, we're taking it very seriously. There, we're, we're keeping a lot of things in mind, trying to make sure that players can still come out of it feeling as good as, as feeling like they got out of it what they can still get out of it now. Mm -hmm. And hopefully put some new stuff in there so that way people say, wow, it's even better. I can do this. I could never do this before. Mm -hmm. But also trying to remove some of the chaff that's in there at the same time. And some of the things that either are not that popular or just really aren't that good or just really unclear about what they really do. Mm -hmm. And trying to just make them better and more clear. In the end, it will look more, the goal is to try to make it look a little bit more like, like the way specialization trees look. But mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. but at the same time, not allow you to um, not not try to take away to take away as absolute minimal as possible that might be possible in the current system. And I, the ideal goal would be a way to take nothing away. Yeah. But it is it's we've been meeting a couple times a week, just kind of talking about it and talking about it. And um, but I couldn't tell you when it would happen. It's 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 a it's a it's a big project. Just to keep in the sort of thing. Um line of things that come up around again, the captain's table. It's something that I know a lot of players used to love going into and even getting like sneak peeks of upcoming content. Are there any plans to improve it or make the captain's table more viable, interesting or useful? Were, were there some, uh, were, did, you, did, you, did you suggest some, some, some possible uses for the captain's table in that question? I kind, of, I kind of missed what you were saying there. Like, what is it maybe so? I think way back when the captain's table launched and part of the game, yeah. you would always get one of the NPCs would have a bubble that come up that would hint about like the next episode or the next part of content that was coming and that sort of a thing. Yeah, but Priority One keeps snagging all of those sneak peeks all the time, so <laughs> this is the captain's table now. You heard it here. <laughs> um, uh, no, I have no plans for the captain's table. I have no... I, I can't seem to figure out a good thing to, to, to do with it that is, you know, that's... every Everything that we build has to have... has to either generate revenue or generate like time play in other words by like, stickiness mm -hmm. people know something that was oh this is what i really i'm, I'm going to go and do do this so because uh, and, and you know time investment is is just as valuable to us as as, as a microtransaction for instance and so we haven't really been able to figure out a good thing to do with it that would be interesting and i'm always i've, I've posed this question before if anyone had any great ideas uh, we definitely would consider it but it's just been kind of sitting there and to be honest with you we've thought about just closing it would you consider like uh, putting a sixty or seventy percent vendor there, or you know, refining an extra five thousand lithium, or you know, little things like that? Just a couple of NPC contacts that would make a bit of a difference. Well, as soon as I do that, people are going to ask me to just put it on the. Just why do I have to go to the captain's table to do it? I've already I'm a lifetime subscriber, and I should just be able to just get it on my you know on my UI or at another store. I mean, we've done we've done stuff like that before, and that's usually where where it ends up. Like if you if we if we give you a discount or a way to do something, then then it becomes now it's a hassle. Now I have to go there to to craft. Now I have to go there to buy something. Thanks, Griffin. 
right? It just kind of it just it start, it turns around. So I think that if we were to to and that, that's just generally a gut feeling. I'm not sure if that's actually true, but it's I I got a good feeling that that's where it will come, and then we'll be kind of compelled to take it out of there because people will just you know if you ever just make something better somewhere, then people just feel like they have to go there. It's not like they feel like they're getting something better, and then they're just resentful because they have to do an extra step that they didn't have to do before. So. Um, and anytime we make another social zone, we also risk splitting the community up, right? Because now some people might be in Earth Space Docks and on DS9, maybe somewhere on Uramus, and now somewhere in the captain's table. And now you're separating the elite players from the average player. And so uh, to where, where a social zone might be, which is kind of the point, but it's also kind of maybe was a bad idea, not such a great idea. So yeah, so I've stuck with this zone that I really don't know what's 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 the best thing to do with. Um, but we have considered things exactly what you said, but then we've just gone through that exercise. So, wow, it's just, I don't, I don't know if that's really going to jive, that's going to work. Sounds like a good idea at first, but then then uh, experience says that it might, it might backfire. I don't know. So I don't know what to do with it. I'm, if uh, people have other great ideas, just tweet them to me and everything will be considered. So just, just, just tweet them and We'll, uh, or, or, or send them through you guys, and you guys can get them to me. Um, so uh, a different system that uh, came out with uh, 10.5, actually, that we haven't actually talked about in a long time because we've been so focused on what's going to come up in the future um, is the Armada system, and now it's um, a few months old. Um, and one of the things that we talked about at Las Vegas was uh, cross-faction Armadas and possibly uh, being something that could be implemented in the future. Do you know if there are any plans now for that to be implemented? Is that moving forward or is that stopped? It hasn't moved forward nor stopped. I think it just kind of got forgotten. Mm. So um, just just to be completely honest. And I'm actually just writing myself a note because this is something that I want to do uh, uh, cross, uh, cross-faction uh, uh, armadas and um, something else that I've wanted to do for a while is just basically cross uh, cross-faction teaming, more more cross-faction teaming. Uh, so, um, but I'm going to uh, make myself a note, and I'm doing it right now, sending it to myself just to <laughs> see if we, or not, uh, what the, what's the holdup? Why should, why can't we do that yet? Yeah, um, yeah, a lot of people are definitely looking forward to that change. You said there, uh, cross-faction teaming. Is that something as well that you're planning on doing, allowing Federation and Klingon characters to finally be able to team up together? Um, yeah, and we purposely held off for a little while because it well it didn't make sense before, but now basically the, uh, the war is over. The war is over. Now there's going to be there's still a little bit to kind of to flesh to, to kind of shake out because you know there there's you know the, the, the without a common enemy what what uh, it's a little bit might be a little harder to maintain that alliance. But uh, but that is something that we will be actually addressing, and as things become more. As as the factions become more friendly, um, it's now basically fictionally okay to kind of allow more cross faction team. But uh, not yet, but very soon. Cool. Sure. If we could stick with fleets then, just for a little second longer, many players in fleets have been asking for a long time increase or a long term increase to the number of fleet ranks. Is that something that can be done, or is it can be done in the future? You mean like the rank like slots? How the level of your the not the, not the level of the fleets. You mean the you mean the, the how how many I can how, how many ranks I can assign individual members. Yeah, Is that what you mean yes. by that? Okay. There, there's there's a currently a total of seven ranks yeah. within the fleet. Uh, increasing that to like ten, twelve, fifteen ranks instead of uh, the current seven ranks. Yeah, I, I I suppose so. Sure. 
I'll send that my note too. I don't. I. Uh, I. I'm not sure why seven was chosen. It's a kind of a weird number. That I couldn't. Couldn't. Couldn't for the life of me remember why it's seven. I probably mm-hmm. seems like ten is a nice round number to make it. I don't know why we can't. It seems like that would be an easy. An easy add. Yeah. So cool. But. Uh, coming soon. Um, and next yeah, Thursday's I, I agree patches. With, I would agree with that. Yeah. Coming th- Coming soon. Next Thursday's patch. Yeah. <laughs> It's, uh, no, the thing is, is like some, sometimes you, you get these things and it's like, hmm, yeah, that's a good idea. We should do that. And then someone says, oh, yeah, I don't know. It's going to be really hard. It's going to take, like, you know, take a week to do because of this blah, blah, blah. Yeah. And mm-hmm. then it's like, okay, well, that's why we're not going to do it. And then all of a sudden it's like you'll, you'll be something like this. Is, yeah, why don't we do that? And it's, just, oh, it's probably really hard. You look at it and it's, oh, it's just one number. And you just change it and it works, right? So mm-hmm. it might be that easy. It might not be. I, I don't know. It's, not, it's pretty old pretty old data. Mm-hmm. So, um I know from a fleet admiral's point of view, because I have my own fleets. Um, having, if you know, if you did pick, say, ten ranks, it would make things so much easier. Particularly when, um, like for example, you could have one rank that has access to uh, fleet provisions because there isn't much functionality there to manage your fleet's provisions. And to have a quartermaster rank would have been really, really useful when we were starting off. It's not so much a big thing now, but it definitely is something that a lot of fleets and players have been looking for for a very long time uh we were trying to do uh more more with provision permissions um like instead mm-hmm. of just saying make instead of being yes or no access per, to provisions about saying that setting a limit to provisions this rank can have 10 provisions or whatever yes right or or, or 10 or 100 or whatever to be able to, to set the number of provisions so that's something that we had uh um, we actually wanted to do with armadas but just they couldn't make, they couldn't make it so next time we we dive into uh, fleet um, stuff. It'll probably there, there. There were several other quality of life fleet things that we we had designed that uh, that just uh, just just didn't make it. And we'll try to get in next time. Excellent, cool. Okay, so the next, just a quick one. Cargo ships have been missing from sector space since season ten. So is this an oversight or was it intentional to remove them? It's probably purely an art an oversight. There was certainly nothing that I'm aware of that was intentionally intentionally removed them. So uh, yeah, I I don't know what the status of those are. I'm sure we've completely forgotten. So I'll uh, we'll see what we can do about that. Character selection screen. Could it have a list view option as it currently is, and a tabs option for Fred, Rom, and KDF to group all your characters of the same faction together under their own tab? It's like a list for all your Fred characters. Sort of just just to be able to sort them, sort just to sort them all, so you can split them yep. up. I don't know. I've never considered that. I don't really think too much uh, about the UI. We've got, um, maybe next time you get Thomas the Cat on this on, on here, maybe he can give you some more insight. I know he's not necessarily working so much with UI anymore, but he used to work with with UI and the UI team. So um, I think that probably would not be a good idea for most players who've got you know three character, you know one or three characters, or someone who's got you know twenty characters probably be nice to have uh, sorting tools so um, if we were to do something like that then I think that it would be an opt-in feature as opposed to a default feature I don't know I am not the best person to ask about the smartness and efficiency of UI design UI design is is a very underrated skill Uh, I'm not going to claim that that that's that we have the best UI but you know in the world but it's it's um it's uh, it's something that everybody thinks you can do, and it's like, oh, this is really easy, 
and you start doing it, you start figuring it out, and you start thinking, wow, there's like all these things I need to kind of figure out how to make this work this way or that way. And often it is the hardest part of, all, of everything that we do is actually just designing the UI for it, designing the UI for, for duty officers or crafting or, or admiralty or the, um, you know, or the armada systems or those recent ones that all come to mind. That you can have a great design that you just can't make work within the UI, and then you just actually have to scrap design elements because you just can't seem to rectify it within the UI. So it's it's a big challenge, uh, it's a big skill. So if you're if you're if you're your your career is budding right now, and you're into anything that has to do with uh, computers in any way, UI designers, it's a great that's a great field to get into. If you can, and that's that's why Apple does does such a great job is because of their UI. I mean, I'm sure they've got got uh, got got brilliant people who are just in charge of just UI. That's what their phone is, and that's what their, their that's what their stuff is. It's about UI. It's not more so than the technology. So, so doing this kind of stuff is usually harder than it sounds. So, uh, last question regarding fleets, and you may or may not know this, but uh, do you know why there is no fleet transphasic mines available from the fleet vendor? Was that an oversight, possibly? Probably an oversight. They didn't even think anybody bought mines anymore. Nobody um, does. So <laughs> They're going to crucify so, me for that, but... <laughs> <laughs> Alright, I said it first, so they're probably going to... I'll get crucified first. I guess. I don't really have a problem with having tr complete transphasic mines. I, I don't know if we would sell a lot of them, but um, sure. They're, they're, there's no reason why they're not in there, uh, unless somebody okay. was planning on... Unless someone was planning on adding them to a different holding in the future, which we don't have any immediate plans for new holdings, so... Right. But uh, I, I, I'm sure it's just uh, it's just a matter of, you know, I hadn't considered it and, or even honestly know that they realized that they were missing, because I, I don't buy them. So, um, so I'll, I'll look into it and see if uh, we can just add those easily. So, are there any plans to bring back the dilithium for additional spec points once you have completely filled out your all your specializations? That yeah. was um, part of the original system when Delta Rising first came out, and because of certain things was removed. Is there any plans of bringing that back? Yeah, what what he's referring to um, is that once you once you've spent all your, your all your spec points, so you you earn a spec point for basically for every whatever chunk of, of, of skill points you need that you would get, you know, I can't even remember what, what the total amount of those just say it's 100,000, you need 100,000 skill points and boom, you would normally level up, but instead you can't level up, you get a spec point. Well, at some point you've spent over your total of whatever 90 or however many spec points is the total right now, and you can't earn anymore because there's, we don't let you bank them. Instead you take that and you roll it over and we give you we give you dilithium, I think we gave you, what did we get, 2,500 dilithium or 25,000? Was it twenty? I think that. Yeah, something like that. I think that. it was twenty-five thousand, something like yeah, that. Yeah, maybe like twenty-five thousand blitzing would give you for for that. And we turned that off because there was a there was a terrible exploit uh, that was uh, had some some trouble where people were were were, uh, were were leveling up much faster than 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 intended and, and banking a lot of dilithium. So so we disabled that. Uh, I would just have to say that. Uh, we we have just kind of forgot about it probably, um, and we should probably put that right put put, put that back in. Um, there maybe it's on the list. Yeah, so I've already got that marked down. See, I learn all kinds of stuff. 
Um, yep, and this we'll, is great. we'll see if uh, see if there's a. Uh, I'm sure that some that uh, I remember talking about it last time. This is when we put this back in, and there were still some concerns about it being a problem, <laughs> and so we held out. So, so let's just wait a little while, and and so it's probably time to come back and uh, and readdress that and put that back in there. But um, we'll have no, more specializations for you in the in the in the future in the near future, so that way it won't even be an issue, at least for a while. Is there a new specialization for Season 11? No, not for Season 11. No. But uh, oh. but shortly after that, we have some more scheduled. Uh, there's definitely cool. a few more that we want to get in there that uh, that are that are missing. And those right. would be? Uh, one, <laughs> one I absolutely cannot tell you. Um, uh, there, there's, there are, I definitely want to get a more heavy science-y one in there, one that's just very science-themed. And and one that's that's uh, one that's kind of tactical themed, but not escort themed, mm-hmm. right? Pilot's very escort themed. Although pilot could work on any ship, technically it was designed to work on any yeah. ship. It works. It works better. Uh, it will. It feels thematically better, at least on an escort. Yep. So I just like to get one that's a little more, a little more, a little more tactical. One basically a little one, a little more tactical. One a little definitely one a little more science, uh, science first, tactical next, and then just engineering third. And then we have a. Uh, we also have one more that's a little more themed based on some upcoming content. Mm-hmm. And and would you consider doing um, doing some more off the wall ones? Like because um, I know that is it the commando counselor. <clears throat> <laughs> yeah. So so um, I think it's the commando that's a little bit more uh, ground focused. Um, but you could theoretically do things like chefs and entertainers and um, that type of thing. Which would kind of fall into the more, maybe the role play friendly side of things that might give you some additional benefits. Have you started thinking about that? I mean, obviously, this is probably getting way into the future now, but would that be consideration for the future? Well, there was never any intention for the specialization system to have a specialization that was meant for role players. Um, it probably would just make that a separate system because the people are just going to slot it in while role playing and then have to slot it out whenever they do combat. That sort of thing. We we certainly um, we have you know we have the commando and pilot one for ground and one you know one one, one for space uh, as as uh, but no but I'm talking more like the um, I'm I'm thinking uh, in more traditional RPGs like a rogue where you would get bonuses towards luck and stealth and that type of thing. Um, those yeah, kind of absolutely. I, I think we might we would probably theme it a lot more Star mm-hmm. Trek, but yeah, the, the system was designed to basically be that right because mm-hmm. we, we decided that it really didn't make that much sense for star trek to say make more classes yeah. like in a game in a game like like neverwinter or other game it's always like oh we should make a paladin we should make a ranger we should make a you know we should make a, a this kind of you know, a necromancer or whatever you know all the different D classes yeah. barbarian and and so those always constantly make senses in that in that realm but in star trek it's you're you're you're, you're wearing a, either a red gold or blue shirt uh, in Star Trek that makes most sense and then within there you're kind of specializing and uh, it's a, you know we, we could have we could have split it out into six shirts so like science or medical or engineering or ops or, or tactical versus security but I think that uh, that it, the, the parodies weren't really there as far as you know as far as tactical versus security mostly meant ground or space um, operations versus engineering operations is basically more of a hybrid between science and engineering, and and doctor class basically really wouldn't ever do anything on your, you know, with very little that a doctor class could ever do on your hmm. ship. So we did, decided not to split those up. But 
those make great specializations. Yeah. So all those sort of things are, are the more the things we're thinking of those. Um, that's why we put pilots was a great, you know, it's basically your Tom Paris kind of specialization is the pilot. Um, and all those little things that you saw in the show that didn't really, that were that were just a little, little extra special. You know, the intelligence one is basically, you know, kind of what maybe a Section 39 guy might be or just even just if, 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 if it pleases you to think of it that way. Um, yeah, and, uh, um, and so, yeah, I don't know if we'll go so far as doing like barber or counselor, um, but, uh, or, or, that would or be so amazing though. <laughs> um, Could you imagine? I, I, I probably, I, I'd probably see some of those, I mean, make more sense for some sort of role playing yeah. system. Um, but, but I think you could see like, you know, work course specialists yeah. or, or, uh, some sort of, you know, what, you know, what, whatever, whatever, find some sort of, uh, uh, science, scientist thing, xenobiologist thing or something. Mm. I don't know. So you could kind of, kind of make, make things like that. And I think that's basically open-ended, which is what the system was designed for. You could probably take anything that they did in the show and turn it into a specialization, any character and turn it into a specialization. Mm-hmm. Here. So, but okay. I think it's it's we're gonna have to it's it's uh, it has to make sense for 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 gameplay yeah. you know whether grounders grounder space uh, combat in one in one sense or the other as opposed to role playing or other quality of life features. Yeah. I mean it's kind of like it's kind of why also why we're also redoing the skill system. Like uh, I mean it's not the main reason at all, but you'll see a few skills that are like you know driver coil. It's it's. Yeah, that's a good skill that I want, but I really don't want to give up my combat points to go faster in sector yeah. space, right? Mm-hmm. So, so that's 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 that would be the same same thing you'd want to do with specialization. Okay. So, if, uh, we keep it within the purview of, of how it affects your combat. Okay, so that will conclude our sort of quickfire segment of the interview today. Um, and uh, before we wrap up, I just wanted to go into a few questions that were asked by members of the community uh, for this interview. So let's start off with uh, Hayden Jones asked us on Twitter, what change are you most happy or proud about for season 11? That's a, that's, that's a hard question. It, it's uh, I'm, I'm very, uh, I'm very happy to have gotten a chance to work with Chase Masterson and get to, and, and to see, to see her bring to life a character that is so opposite of her other character. So, so, Maybe that's a little more personal. Just being able to have the opportunity to work with her as a, as, a, as far as like what am I most happy about? I am very excited about about the new story arc that that will bring you, um, and uh, and it'll it's going you know it's we're just it's it's going to be very subtle. We're just starting the seeds, and so it'll be really interesting to see this kind of story blossom into something that I'm hoping um, I'm hoping will surprise. Uh, uh, most people, and um, but um, I guess professionally, as far as the designer, I'm probably most proud of the Admiralty system. Um, probably just simply because it was um, a good opportunity for me to really just get in there and just really design something with 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 Jeremy. Just very, you know, very detailed. Like what? How can we make this a fun system that? Kind of works with the existing, you know, uh, it's familiar, but is is far more has far more interesting gameplay choices. Mm-hmm. So um, I don't know if you've had a chance to play that, but I'm 
Uh, as a designer, I'm most proud of that. As a, as a, you know, so as a storyteller, I'm most excited about the story. You know, I'm, I'm most excited about the story and to see where that where that takes people. I'm watching people's reactions for midnight, it's going to be hard to top. But I, I hope that we can at least surprise surprise everyone. And um, but yeah, it was certainly a real joy, a tremendous joy to work with uh, with Chase. From the conversation, I know this is kind of going to be a hard question, but Hayden Jones also asked, many players are interested in what their DPS is. Has Cryptic considered making this part of the official UI? We have considered to not do it. I don't think that uh, is something that we, uh, we, we, we officially want to add to, to the game. I think that there's lots of third-party tools and, 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 and features out there, which I think is actually a good thing. I don't, um, I don't want to turn... To make Star Trek Online for the average person to feel like that's what this game is about and that's what's important about this game. I think it is important. I think it is. I think it's. Just, uh, I think it's fun and I think it's it's uh, it's meaningful to a lot of players. But um, but that's not what I, I think I want to present to the average player come into here. And turn that into that sort of competition where they feel like they're, they're they suck. I want them to come in and just enjoy the story and enjoy living in Star Trek, uh, in the Star Trek universe. And eventually, the, uh, the players will, if it's important to them, they'll find things like the DPS League and those type of tools. And um, I think it's I think it's more powerful being community driven than than uh, internally supported. That's my personal opinion. Okay, and the final question, which should hopefully be an easy one. Do you like candy corn? This was asked by a Chalpin via Twitter. <laughs> um, I can say with absolute certainty um, it is the most hated candy in my life. <laughs> really, really <laughs> Controversial. <laughs> I apologize for everyone that I just offended, but I really can't stand it. Oh, dear. Honestly, I'm not much of a sugar treat person like i don't like candies i'm i'm a cookie guy so uh, i love cookies so yeah. any, a big, it's always about a big good for me like i love cupcakes but I never like that big blob of icing i usually just smear that off and give that to my wife and i start eating the cake yeah so, mm. so somewhere you, cookie cupcakes head is exploding i know <laughs> <laughs> i was just thinking that that was not intentional <laughs> but, so yeah i much uh, but i i much rather have big goods than any type of just pure sugar but um, but yeah, candy corn is disgusting. It's okay. Well, but you love cookie cupcakes. Uh, yes, I love cookies and cupcakes. Okay. Yeah, and, and, and cookie cupcakes is, uh, is, is very wonderful. And we miss her. Oh well, fantastic. On that note, um, thank you, Al, for joining us. I uh, we, we 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 miss her not because. <laughs> <laughs> Great, great chemistry between you. So, um, so, um, yay! Priority one, priority one, Europe. Yay! <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Al. Yeah. Yeah, uh, thank but yes, thank you so much again for for being on with us uh, today. Let's not leave it so long next time. Um, and yeah, well, anytime. hope to speak to you again soon in the future. Yeah, anytime. I'm I'm happy to come on and just uh, guys just have some questions you want to ask or want to want to want to talk more about. Uh, about stories or, or, or just kind of delve into any one of the systems I'm happy to 
come on board and, uh, and chat with you guys anytime you'd like. Happy to be here. Now let's open hailing frequencies and see what's incoming. Message coming in, sir. Hailing frequencies. Open. See, we are getting to know each other. Well, Admirals, we're at that part of the show where we open hailing frequencies for your incoming messages. Last week's community question was, will you be taking advantage of the dilithium ship price reductions, and what ship are you most looking forward to picking up? The Mad Poet commented via PriorityOnePodcast.com, I think I've played most of the dilithium cost ships between my main science character and most of my alts at some point. I don't know how much different the Tier 4 and Tier 5 ships will be for the new system. If there's a huge difference between them, I don't see the point in loading up my ship slots with lower tier ships. Though I suppose if there's some benefit for sending a lead ship with a supporting ship, it might be worth it. Hard to say. Over the past few years, I've dismissed most of my lower tier ships with higher level characters, so it's unlikely I'll be buying many. I have some of the tier 1 and tier 2 ships unlocked from the sea store from either purchase or promotion. I'll probably use them. Dry docking on the other hand, well, depends on how many dry dock slots we get. Sounds great to me. Also, if it lets you store your equipped gear on the ship, it'll be a good way to loosen up some pressure on my near-to-exploding bank. Well, we already know with the dry docking feature that it's going to strip all the gear off the ship and put it into your inventory, so unfortunately it won't be able to use it for um, storing gear and items. But that's something that I was actually under the impression that was meant to be released with Season 11, and I was very surprised it it wasn't. I think a lot of people, actually, there was a lot of people in the chat going, hey, where's dry docking? And I think there will be some some people that are a bit sore over that because it was a bit it was a bit of a letdown to have the dilithium price reduction and then also we had everything was 50% off I think but you couldn't really take advantage of it as much as you wanted to because you had to buy and dismiss rather than buy and put in dry dock but hopefully it's not too far away and I wanted to say something about the tier 1 and tier 2 ships, actually, because I went through and I bought some cheapy ones just to get the cards for them. They actually have some pretty decent, I don't know what you would call them, mods? The little uh, traits that you get that modify what's going on with the stats. So they are some of them are quite useful because they can reduce cooldown times or add bonuses to your project, etc. Also, there are quite a few Admiralty missions that only require like 10 of each stat or you know very small ones and they're really useful when you have a slight imbalance to to just throw that last tier one in there for four engineering points and four tactical points so there is there is a use to them and it is probably worth doing it if you've got the dilithium to spare yeah and i quite like some of them there's like some of them that cancel out some of the events it's like if your engineering goes up I've seen that you can put in a ship that reduces the extra engineering. It's like if the event requires an extra 100 engineering, put in one ship and that gets taken away. Yeah, I think they've done that on purpose to give those Tier 1 and Tier 2 ships uh, some extra value. So Sean Newboy on PriorityOnePodcast.com commented, Didn't think to add it to chat during the live stream, but Dr. Hurt never mentioned ring worlds about the anomalous system. One idea I had listening to the recording today was trying to use extra-large solar sails to send galactic smoke signals, so to speak. Shuttle PvP rocks. And picking up as many ships as I can, I want to be ready for when I get all of the mission slots open for the Admiralty system. Wonderful show, everyone. Just a few hours more until the new season. 
Jonathan Tyree posted via PriorityOnePodcast.com. Unfortunately, I spent all of my Dilithium on some fleet projects trying to get a fleet science ship. Once I get some more Dilithium, I'd love to fly them around again. You never forget your first. Each week, our social media channels are busy with your thoughts, opinions, and suggestions for the show. Please keep them coming. Reach out to us on facebook.com forward slash priority one podcast. Follow us on Twitter at STO Priority One or shoot an email to incoming at priority one podcast.com. Well, that wraps up episode 246 of Priority One Podcast. We'd like to send a special thanks to our Patreon supporters Isaiah Dorsch, Navy Boat Slew, Stephen Humphrey, and Matt Miracle. Admirals, you know we love hearing from you. Let us know what you think of the show and submit your responses for our community question in the comments section of our website on our Facebook page or with a Twitter reply. Be sure to catch our episodes every Monday morning by pointing your podcast catchers to feeds.priorityonepodcast.com and stay in touch with us throughout the week by following our social media websites. Head over to facebook.com forward slash priority one podcast and give us a like or check us out on Twitter via at STO Priority One. You can even join the Priority One podcast chat in game. Just type forward slash channel underscore join space priority one. Admirals, we want to thank you for your ongoing support of Priority One Podcast. Thanks to our patrons, we've already hit our monthly running costs, and with additional contributions, we can continue to grow the network and bring you more of the content you love. Please consider a financial contribution via our Patreon page at patreon.com forward slash priority one. Even if you can't make a financial contribution, sharing this podcast with your friends is a great way to support the show. And don't forget to tune in to Priority One Productions Guard Frequency podcast at guardfrequency.com, covering the ongoing development of Chris Roberts' upcoming space sim, Star Citizen. If you like this show, then listening to Guard Frequency is the logical choice. The Priority One fleet is recruiting, and there's never been a better time to join. If you're interested, shoot us an email with your at handle, and we'll be sure to send you an invite. The email is incoming at priorityonepodcast.com. And now you can become part of the Klingon Fleet Division. Warriors of Priority One. Today is a good day to join. And if you'd like to see more from our fleet, be sure to tune in to the fleet livestream at 8pm Eastern every Saturday night at twitch.tv forward slash priority one. A special thanks to Al Rivera for joining us this week to talk about Season 11. Thanks also to Grey Fox from Star Trek Online Fleet Armada for talking to us about the Armada system. Thanks to the entire team behind Priority One Podcast for their ongoing, dedicated, and consistent contributions over the years, including our executive producers, Elliot and Elijah. Our audio engineer, Michael McDonald, with audio assistance from Brandon Parker, Jake Morgan, Osmaria De Post, and James Calvin. Thanks to our graphic artists, Romulan Ale and Jason Smith. And if you enjoy our comics, the creator of our comic series, Jonathan Towery, can be commissioned at Towery Designs, that's T-O-W-R-Y Designs, Thanks to all our bloggers and their managing editor, L, to our founder reviewer, Jake Morgan, to our video editor, Jerry Tillman, and to consultant Midnight Shadow 7 of Holosuit Media for supporting this show. Thanks to the composer of our theme music, Chris Watts. Thanks to our syndication partners, Subspace Radio and Trek Radio. Most importantly, a big thanks to you, the STO community and our listeners, because without your ongoing support, none of this would be possible. Red alert. Ready weapons. Engage.
Transfer complete. Mark, you're doing this bit. Am I? Yeah. Because it says it's all for the universe. We literally had a conversation about this a second ago. Did we? (laughs) Yeah. Oh. Preparation Preparation. is the key. See, because I was reading it, I'm not used to reading it. I'm going, where? (laughs) Yeah. Okay. It says kind of right there. I'm with you, Mark. It says kind of. It's only because I put myself at the beginning of every list, but. Okay. Hey, this isn't the Kenna show. You know, this is a like the collaborative effort. There, Mark. <laughs> no, no, it's the, no that's that. the bit I'm really excited about doing. It's just <sighs> you are mm. not allowed to do the featured episode bit. That's yeah, my bit. Okay. I'm right. so excited. I've literally been so excited all week. Okay. Anyway, right, here we go. Go on. Huh? Anyone? Mm-hmm. Anyone? <laughs> Season eleven, new dawn content yeah oh yeah. Thing. So, uh, star trek yeah. online thing yeah the admirality system <laughs> oh. sorry the what now system the admirality system <laughs> oh i'm not sure i've seen that one yeah well it's but... coming oh okay good so with the sti- blah, 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 blah. so with <sighs> yeah crap this is what happens when i try to do like a smooth link <laughs> he calls himself cal dan crap activating this will create a great great way <laughs> it's a great way great way it's a great way to die how the frick can I get that one line and everything else goes to traits set bonuses as well as fools See, Ooh, I can get one really, careful. really technical line, and then it's just yeah. It's ship. Ship. I know. I stopped ship. myself. I stopped myself. Yeah. Brownie points for me. Don't you dare. <laughs> <laughs> Winters. Come but on, Mark. See that, see, see that word that you you um, just typed in. You are one. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Kidding, obviously. Careful. Yeah. Uh, do not anger the audio gods. I know. Oh, I've already done that. I'm so much in bloopers this week. It's not going to matter. God, you sound so resigned to it. it doesn't I've given up, but yeah, it's just whatever. I'm actually going to change that because I will read that now. <laughs> Dang it. <laughs> it wouldn't be the first time anyone's ever sworn in the live I stream. Know. I try not to, though. Do you notice how he enunciated the ship? Yes, I need to for the Scottish accent. We naturally go to the T. <laughs> Stip stats. Stip stats. Pa 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 pa. Thank God there's a pop filter for me now. Pa pa pa. Ah, uh, yeah. Now let's opening healing frequencies and see what's incoming. Can you do that again? Because you always say, opening. let's opening Halo. Do I? <laughs> yeah. You, pretty much every week you okay, say that. Okay, sorry. <laughs> I will make a mental note of that. And, and, then, we'll, you... and then we'll launch the next phase of the Admiralty system. It's called the Admiralty system. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. That's, that's... <laughs> oh, I can't escape that. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh. Bravo. That was it's not, it isn't just you, though. I've heard, <laughs> I've heard other people... <laughs> Hold on, I'm just going to read that first. Because this seems like big words. <laughs> the Kenna. <laughs> oh. Someone's in good form today. T- are you sure it's not t- huh? 
because that's what it looks like. <laughs> Tahee. Tahee. <laughs> About Tahee anomalous system. Uh. Unfortunately, I spent all of my dilithium on some fleet. No, send that again. Unfortunately, I spent all of my dilithium. Dilithium. Mama. Yes, dilithium. Yes. Manamana. Mama. Dilithium. Dilithium. Dumb and freaking dumber. You love us, really. Once I get some more dilithium, I'd love to fly them around again. You never forget your first. That's what she said. <laughs> <laughs> I was waiting for that. I was waiting for that. I couldn't. I could not. I'm sorry. I left a light. I left a nice big gap so you yep. can edit that out. <laughs> <laughs> That's what she said. <laughs> oh, that doesn't make any sense. That doesn't make any sense. That's in my head. Uh, 